pampa A newborn king to see Pa-rum-pum-pum-pa Welcome to the CGOA Podcast for December 2019. This is a production of the Columbia Gorge Orchestra Association. My name is Mark Steiger. I'm the conductor and artistic director of CGOA. And with me again is Michelle Firsting. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Mark. Ho, ho, ho. How are you doing tonight? Hey, you know, this is the holiday season, right? Exactly. Beginning of December. Of course, Thanksgiving is past. In the holiday season, do you have any big traditions? I know you're going you're going to visit family next week, right? Yeah, I'll be gone the whole week going back and forth between both Chicago and St. Louis. So it's going to be a very busy week for us. Um, historically, we always went back home to see family. So that's what we're in the tradition of. But this year for Christmas, we're actually going to be staying here in Hood River. So I think I have to buy a Christmas tree for the first time in my life, actually. So that'll be an adventure. So any other traditions? I mean, what do you do on Thanksgiving? Is it turkey and stuffing and uh, yams and corn all or whatever people eat? Yeah, absolutely. My parents are German, and so it's just all the food for pretty much just the whole day, nonstop. Ah, well, we don't do that. What, are, you, what are your traditions? 30, uh, pizza. For the past 38 <laughs> years, we just had pizza. Oh, there we go. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you're a vegetarian. What are you going to do? There right? We go. So, yeah, I'm not going to have tofurkey or something. Nothing that there's anything wrong with tofurkey, but we just make a big pizza. Okay. So, it's, yeah, yeah, it works out well. It's it's easy, right? Simple. Totally. What about yeah. for Christmas then? What does your family do for Christmas? Um, you know, usually we're together with my son and his family, one place or the other. But, you know, if we're here by ourselves, we often make pizza. Um, you know, that's a holiday favorite. Okay. Sounds a little sounds a little one dimensional, but you know, oh well. You should um, do it with like yeah. red and green peppers to really make it. Well, hot. there you go. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. That's a good idea. We'll have to add that in for sure. I think we do that actually. What about what about holiday music? What's your favorite Christmas music? I'm very basic, so I have to say I'm a huge fan of the super pop hits like the Mariah Carey "All I Want for Christmas Is You." I know it hurts to say it, doesn't it? Well, yeah, not too much. I mean, we're going to be performing that in December at the concert, after all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as far yeah. as choir kind of stuff goes, uh, my high school did a really special Christmas concert, and they'd have all the band, orchestra, choir singing at the same time. And we did a really killer version of a Mannheim Steamer version of a Still a Knock or Silent, Silent Night with an electric mm-hmm. uh, violin in it. And that was really moving. And then when I was in... Uh, choir in college we would do our christmas concert and we would end it by leaving with lighted candles and we would just walk around the campus in the dark with our our little candles caroling together so those are my fun music holiday traditions uh what about you famous or favorite song for christmas i you know i love there's several albums that i really love i love the chanticleer christmas Mm -hmm. albums right Mm -hmm. those are always great ave maria by uh beeble is is a favorite of mine um there's some king singers christmas ones that i think are really beautiful um there's there's a few christmas carols that i absolutely loathe however (laughs) can you guess what is the christmas carol do you think that it's it's like driving nails into my head that i just absolutely can't stand 
Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat Christmas. No, that's not, that's, <laughs> not, yeah, that's not a Christmas carol. Oh. No, but you know, you're in the you're on the right track. You're on the right track. It's not all, all right. Christmas is you. What is no, it? No, 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 no. Little Drummer Boy. I think that is the most hideous piece of music ever created. Really? I just, I just, I just hate that Christmas Carol. I mean, you know, here you have a child, you have a baby, and what is the one thing you do? You come and play your snare drum at ear-splitting volume. You probably ruin the kids' hearing for, you know, forever. It's <laughs> terrible. And you know, what little baby wants to hear a snare drum, you know, right in their ear? And they're just going to be caterwauling for for months after that. So, I mean, the setup is is dumb, but it's just a repetitive, irritating Carol. I just can't stand it <laughs> but there's a lot of great a lot of great christmas music and we're going to talk about that because we do have a concert uh in december with the voci choir and jazz collective and i think we're going to talk about that in a little bit uh before we do any of that stuff why don't we get into our news for this month All right, here we go. December podcast news. Come celebrate the holidays with incredible choral music and jazz-flavored versions of Christmas classics as CGOA presents Christmas Sings and Swings on December 13th and 15th at the Y East Performing Arts Center. The concert also includes a performance by Canticome, a new early music ensemble, and members of the new CGCC Choral Union will join in with Vochi for the finale. Tickets for all this fun are available at gorgeorchestra.org. The incredible singer-songwriter Sam Baker is making his orchestral debut with the Sinfonietta on January 4th and 5th. Go in Peace, the Mercy Symphony, includes over 20 of Sam's songs arranged for orchestra and an overview of his inspiring life told in his own words. Special event pricing is $30 for adults, $25 for CGOA members, and $10 for youth and kids. It's a long way off, but mark your calendars now for the first ever CGOA fundraising gala on April 4th, 2020 at the Hood River Hotel. A live and silent auction, great food, and a special performance by jazz legend Tom Grant will be included. Tickets on sale soon. Let me, I'm going to just jump in here for a minute. So I just found out today, we're talking about Sam Baker, and we're going to talk a lot more about him in a minute, and we have an interview with him. He is actually donating a piece of original art, uh, one of his paintings, as part of that auction. That's awesome. So, Yeah. So he's had shows in several places in the Southwest, uh, so you can actually bid on a painting by Sam Baker, which is pretty incredible. And I have lots of interesting things that I'm donating to the auction as well, but we'll talk (gasps) about that. When we get a little closer. Any anything you want to share for a teaser right now? Um, no, we'll wait. We'll wait. Oh man. Or to come. Or to come. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Continue. Sorry. Okay, no worries. We'll chat about this in a future podcast, but you won't want to miss the February Sinfonietta concerts. Come here, special guest artist, Dr. Eric Steigner. God, that name sounds really familiar, doesn't it? Plus mind blowing music by Ellen Hovenus and the first ever Franken Symphony. Want to get involved with CGOA beyond just coming to the performances? We're always looking for volunteers, and the board can use help on various important committees. So contact joincgoa at gmail.com. One word, joincgoa, if you're interested in getting involved. And back to you, Mark. Yes, thank you. So let's go back for a minute and talk about um, Sam Baker, Mm -hmm. because we do have an interview with Sam. Sam Baker, what do you know about Sam Baker, Michelle? (laughs) 
I've gotten to, I had never heard of him before, if I'm being truthful. And I've been hearing about him now um, with all of the events that we're doing now. And Luke was telling me about his story. Um, and it's just remarkable that he was in this horrible accident early on in his life and, and survived this horrible um, thing that had happened to him and went on to just make this amazing, beautiful, inspiring music as a result. Is that right? Yeah, basically, he when he was in um, Machu Picchu in South America, right, he was traveling on a train. Uh, this was in 1986, and mm. he was born in 54, so he wasn't very old, really. Um, and there was a terrorist uh, group called the Shining Path, and they planted a bomb in the overhead uh, compartment of the car that he was in, and it exploded, and it mm. killed seven other people, including three people in his co compartment. And he was, I think, the only one that survived. Um, he had brain damage, a cut artery. It blew in both of his eardrums, and he had to have 17 reconstructive surgeries. Um, and he's deaf in one ear. He has tinnitus in the other. Uh, one of his hands was all gnarled, and he had to relearn playing the guitar um, on the opposite hand. Um, wow. So, yeah, it took him, you know, 10 or 15 years, basically, to recover from that experience. And then in... Uh, you know, 15 years ago or something, his first album, which is called Mercy, came out. And uh, it was 2004. And um, it's just been an incredible career. Um, a lot of his music is sort of informed by that experience, right? And the aftermath of it, because it's obviously something that is going to impact you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, pretty strongly. Yeah. Right. But he really uses it as, you know, as Sam talks about, uh, it's really a metaphor for everyone. And he believes that everybody is kind of on their own grail, holy grail story. And, uh, you know, we're all kind of broken in our own ways. And, you know, you have to try to find ways of being in the world that's transcendent and beautiful, you know, despite us all having our our issues. So uh, he talks about, about that a little bit in our interview, but his music is, is really incredible. And we'll put a link in the, in the show description to an interview he did with Terry Gross on NPR on Fresh Air. And that's a great place to start if you've never heard anything. Um, he was influenced by, you know, writers like Ken Kesey and, and Dylan and people like that. So uh, he lives in Austin, Texas, and he's also a painter. He started painting in 2009, and when, when you see the poster for the concert, um, it'll be his uh, painting in the poster, on the poster. That's so cool. he's just a really incredible musician, and he came to Hood River four or five years ago. We brought him in to do a concert, and I arranged some of his songs for brass, and he really loved it. And we kind of talked then about, oh, wouldn't it be great to do an orchestra thing, and you know, we could do a kind of biographical evening, and and that sort of just, you know, percolated for a while. And now this has grown to 24 songs and a narration. And uh, I wrote all these arrangements for orchestra. And he's never done orchestra before. So this is a first time. And he's really, really excited about doing it. So I encourage everybody to get tickets for that. That's January 4 and 5. Uh, four, on the 4th at 7.30 and on the 5th at two o'clock at the Y East Performing Arts Center. And it is a little more expensive because this is really a special event for us. Um, but I, I hope we can sell it out and people will just love this. I'm absolutely sure. Absolutely. How many hours have you put into working on this arrangement? Um, you know, that's a good question. So 
there's about 80 minutes of orchestra music that I had to arrange. And I would say probably 80 hours. It's about an hour per minute of music. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been, you know, it's been a labor of, of love and, and interest though. It's very, um, it's a great challenge because his music, we're going to play a couple things, you know, on the podcast, but his music is very understated and surface, uh, very simple. I think there's a hymn kind of like influence to his music. And so the challenge is how do you arrange for a 50 piece orchestra in a way that doesn't drown out his singing and he's not a super strong singer he's kind of a speaking singer and very kind of light simple guitarist too so i think it's going to be beautiful he's heard some of the arrangements i've done and he seems to really like them so that's a good sign we also have the concert in november and i know that you've talked to brian litt uh, a little bit about canticum and so we'll listen to that near uh, the end of the podcast what did you learn from brian give me a takeaway from that interview Sure. Brian is a really smart cookie, and I don't think I realized how much of a history buff he was, especially when it comes to Renaissance music. So take a listen and see if you knew some of the stuff he did. I certainly didn't, and I'm in the group. So it was really interesting. Yeah, he he does have a great background in it, and he's made some really good repertoire suggestions for us. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So on that concert in November, we have the Jazz Collective Big Band, and they're going to be doing uh, some jazz arrangements of traditional songs like uh, Stan Kenton's uh, very famous medley of Christmas carols. And they're going to be doing some other kind of fun stuff. And then Voci is going to be doing a lot of really beautiful uh, classical choral music. Um, And then at the end of the concert, we're doing... Uh, three songs from my favorite Christmas movie, which is Love Actually. So that should be a lot of fun. And I think we may do a little staging in that. I haven't decided. <gasps> are you going to, you, you're Mariah Carey, aren't you? You know, I I, I wanted to keep it a secret, but I, <laughs> indeed, I, I am. I am. I am right here. Uh, no, that's not. I don't think that's what we're doing, but we are doing three songs. So we're doing uh, the uh, All I Want for Christmas is You and Christmas is All Around and uh, the Beatles All You Need is Love. All right. So right now, let's take a second and listen to our interview with Sam Baker. years, so many hardships, so many laughs, so many tears, so many things to remember, cause they had 50 years, and now the kids have got their own kids. And their own kids grown. Right. She told Hold him. It. So, whether we call this thing uh, the Go in Peace, the Mercy Symphony, or something fine. else, right? Whatever we want to call it. Why don't we talk a little bit about what the. Um, we're recording now, right? So, what the origin and genesis of all this was. Where, where well, did we get the idea? Where did it come from? 
I think it came from that one night um, when I was in Hood River and we had that great brass. Uh, remember, we had that um, we had those horn players, and they did. I thought they, as my my memory is, are you talking about just the specifics of the symphony or, or the, the well, just kind the, of the whole project? I think you know. Let's talk about how it evolved. But yeah, I remember though we did a we had a little brass I think ensemble. Was, I think, yeah, I think you had you had these great horn players, and and Mark, there's nothing like playing with um, with with people who are wonderful musicians. The the artistry yeah. that they bring. Uh, to anything is, um, I think, otherworldly. So we did that show, and then, I, in my memory, we had this this inclination of of, of what could be because once the horns came in, um, and they found not just their their path, but they found a way that the, the you know the path was so much broader. And I thought lifted the whole show. I, I, that was the moment that I thought that it came about. But I mean, you're the energy because I, I think you had that that show. You had those horn players. You had me. So it it, it seems like the chances of something really good happening um, came about that night. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you even remember that show because I know you play a lot of you know you do a lot of gigs. So I'm glad that you have a, a positive memory from that. Well, I think it it, it became bigger. I think that the, the emotional, um, the transference, the emotional transference, just became um, magnified by by. I think when artists work together, I think I think things happen that that none of us can really anticipate right right so we went from that and then i think when i when i was talking to you there uh that night i suggested you know we ought to try to do something with orchestra right some somewhere right, down the line right, right. right. and we we, and, we continued a loose conversation for a number of years and then then i think when when the time was right it 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 happened which is both serendipity and uh, I don't know, I don't know serendipity things happen and I'm sometimes shocked but there there we are here here we have it and the stuff I've listened to that you've done um, is I think very beautiful once again well, thank we you. take yeah. we take a, a small a small thing a germ a melody and and or a narrative or or, or something and give it um, a greater greater beauty and greater con I, I don't know about greater just it just a, a a whole bigger beauty a bigger a bigger a bigger context uh, originally we kind of started this was going to be a celebration of the 15th anniversary of mercy and and then that was going to be the project and then it sort of evolved so where did how did it go from being that to what it's going to actually be i think i think this is my opinion is that is that once we started looking at it, um, it, 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 it seemed to me, and to Tracy, and I guess ultimately to you, that, that, that why not tell a story? Why not, instead of saying, well, this is, um, these are X number of songs that were on this record, why not 
why not have it so that it's more of a a piece that tells a story so that it has a beginning it has something that happens something that becomes um, um, more or less not not transcendent is a bigger word than I'm looking for but but that's kind of what it is something happens and there's um, there's a lesson that comes out of it it's a it's like a it's almost like a a, 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 a grail story where um, where we talk about well a normal life you're 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 there are these stories things happen to people like all of us I mean we we all get um, washed around in life some but but in this there was a a, 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 a narrative happening. Uh, something happens. A bomb goes off. People are killed. How do you how do you process that? And what do you do with that? How how can such beauty, like what you've done, like um, say the right words, or, or where fallen angels dwell? How can such beauty come from uh, such a terrible place? And I think that's part of the transcendent feature, because we go through that and we say some things don't heal in um in broken fingers and then we say go in peace go in love go in kindness go go into the world um if there's anything that we're we're, we're hoping to bring in this piece of art is to say that um that that life can be a pretty rough and tumble place that can be uh it can be full of, of, of tragedy and suffering but it, it can also be full of beauty and euphoria and and a lot of that is, is what we bring to the table what we offer to our, our friends and neighbors and family what do we do with what do we do with that brokenness now we can we can wallow in it which i did i mean i wallowed in it uh, snow is part of the wallowing um, mm -hmm. but i found that the wallowing like snow the the streets you know the, the 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 streets are dirty if I'm wallowing, but um, but if if I can find a way out, a way that to bring beauty out of out of that brokenness, to bring um, really and, and 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 I don't. This is because I'm a musician and you're a musician. I don't think there's a better way to express beauty. Um, well, I mean there are. I mean painting everything, but but saying that is. A, one musician to another. I think that that if you have a room full of gifted musicians and ask them to create uh, beauty, which we're, we're asking them to do, and also tension of where fallen angels cross, chaos uh, at the end of snow, where we've got where you've got that that beautiful um, Philip Glass light piece, where there's a ton of anxiety and, and energy. I think we're asking mm -hmm. really, really great musicians to. Um, to voice, um, to voice the arc of this of this piece, we we started with mercy, and mercy is is, is a lovely place to start. But but mm -hmm. I think it began to open up, um, and maybe it goes. Maybe you planted that seed, and and without knowing, I responded to that seed. I mean, it's entirely mm -hmm. possible because this feels so much more um, complete, and also it feels like. What what do we want out of the evening? We, well, we want beauty. We want clarity, and then we want that last that last bit of beauty to be attached to the concept that says, you know, out of our brokenness, 
going. Mm-hmm. You've never played with an orchestra before, right? But I'm trying to think. No, I don't, I've never played with um, an orchestra. You know, I've played with, I guess the biggest band is a seven-piece band, but, um, but you know, that that's really more of a, not, you know, it's more of a, not a honky-tonk band, but, but more or less. Right, right, right. A twin right. Have you played with... So, have you played with a string quartet before? I mean, in recording, I think you have, right? But not I've live? I've played with Tim Lorsch, and I've played mm-hmm. with strings before. But Tim has, I think, um, Tim and Karen Mall, I, I think the strings I've done have been, um, I don't know that we ever had a quartet. I think we had maybe a violin and a cello, but I'm, I know that... Ron De La Vega and, and Tim did a lot of um, string parts on the early records. One of the things that we've talked about, you know, and I've talked with you and uh, about in this project is arranging for the orchestra, which has a lot of different colors and, and a lot of power, but doing that in such a way that's going to complement what you're doing and not overtake it. Well, I don't know. I think we'll know. I mean, I've listened mm-hmm multiple times to the to the uh-huh. opening to say grace when we come back from um, and that sounds to me perfectly beautiful it sets mm-hmm. up a, 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 a it sets up a place where I think we're receptive to really a story she's almost out of high school when she left home I, and that feels um, I don't I don't I've not done this before but my instincts are right now um, that it's hard, you know, because I'm, I'm, I've got a, a pretty gritty thing going on down low. It, it's hard, I think, to overwhelm that with beauty. I mean, I, I think because of what I'm doing, this is my instincts right now. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm doing is pretty gritty and pretty, um, pretty kind of um, hard right hand and hard, hard left hand that mm-hmm. it will accept a lot of beauty before it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be really special. And I, I think, maybe I'm wrong, is your plan uh, to take this and then shop it around to other orchestras now I, that I'd you have the, the arrangements? I, I, would, I would love to do that. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think, my instincts are right now, that it will be very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, and I, I do think, that part of what I, what I'm trying to do is is to take that message of, of from our brokenness, we can be of service. We can we can, and but 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 beauty is in my world the transcendent um, is the thing that allows for that transcendence. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean if we can if we can do it in other places, sure. I think that I I, I think it's going to be very powerful. My, that's my my instincts right now, but I've heard what I've heard what you've done. I mean, where fallen angels dwell, I think is is really really crazy. And where we're we're put, putting that is is you know sort of a, a transition. Um, and see, the transition pieces are, are wicked beautiful. I, I but but see, Mark, I'm I have the weakness for beauty and the, for what mm-hmm. we do, for what you and I do. As musicians, mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. hear it and I sink into it. And what I'm hopeful of is that is that is that we give it a narrative, and and it it is the Grail narrative. It's it's absolutely 
um, there's normal person hardship um, to the point of death and then a return from from that that abyss return from the abyss and what is the message after 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 being suspended above the abyss what is the message well the, the message is um, is there is great beauty in, in, in what we are surround ourselves with and basically go in peace Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you spoke earlier about, you know, there's lots of ways of expressing beauty, and one of them was uh, through painting. So let's talk a little bit yes. about your painting, because we're going to use we're going to use one of your images, uh, the painting of the dove, I, I believe, for the poster. When did you start painting? Is that something you've done forever, or is that a recent thing? When did you start? It's a, it's, it's really a recent thing. It the the. The official start was in January of of, of '09, where it was just well, why don't why don't I learn really what that art form is? See, I grew up in a in a very small town out on the prairie, and it was not a place of um, of painters or um, uh, the musicians were church musicians, and the, mm -hmm. there was just not a lot of um, you know the, the even the thought of, of a brush and paint were be kind of beyond everybody, but you know, once once the door opened and 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 I was you know somehow became uh, a writer and a and a musician, then I, it, it's like other doors began to open, and I, I think painting is one of those doors. Do you do you feel like the painting put you in a different um, state than songwriting or? Or playing? Is it a different kind of flow state? Is it the same? Is it just another aspect of creativity for you? How do how I, does I, the painting I, I, inform the music? There's a there's an emotional wave in each one, and uh -huh. it's like when I when I'm on the emotional wave, it's like I have to choose which surfboard to use. Do I use a music surfboard or do I use? Um, or do I use a painting surfboard? And I don't know mm -hmm. where that comes from. A lot of it depends mm -hmm. on what I'm, what a, do I, am I in my studio where I have paint? Then I generally default to the painting surfboard. If I'm like right now uh, at an airport or I'll be in a motel tonight, I'll probably default to the music surfboard. Mm -hmm. So a mm -hmm. lot of it depends on what, what's, what's, what's close, what's hanging around. If, if music is hanging around, um, um, you know, I can sketch on an iPad or I can uh, sketch musically on the iPad. And I, I actually, I do both. I've been sharing your music, you know, with a lot of people in preparation for this, a lot of people who might not have been familiar. Than I, and one person said to me, well, he's not a Christian writer, but there's a lot of religious imagery in his music and a lot of um, a lot of religious references and I thought well that was really true there's a great deal of spirituality in your songwriting even though it's not a specific tradition well, and you were talking about growing up in an environment when there were a lot of uh, you were saying you know you're living in a small place where the music was a lot of church singing or hymn tunes do you feel like some of that musically sort of seeped into your writing as well because you do have a lot of chord progressions as i was working on the orchestrations that did suggest you know their hymn tune kind of progressions or they suggest little amens here and there right little benedictions I, 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 look mark it's 100 percent. i mean the, when i grew up um 
really the the it was a town the the theater and the the show life was a hundred percent church i mean everything was church i mean it was music was church uh, stories were church um myth was church you know old testament new testament i mean was so so yeah when 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 i learned how to um to describe the world musically, a lot of it was in um, the framework of either the the the, 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 the major hymns or, or the minor hymns. Be thou my vision, which later I learned was um, you know was a was an old four or five hundred year old melody that came out of North Africa. So right um, or France. So so yeah, that the, the the I would say the 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 artistic bedrock is is what I would call prairie small church, you know, where, where, um, you know, where those, where those songs, be thou, be thou my vision or, or, or come labor on or, or something like that. It's been 15 years since, um, since mercy. Uh, how do you feel like your songwriting has evolved over those last 15 years? I think that my presentation is better. I, I don't know that the songwriting itself has has changed that much it's it's um i still write off a wave um i still rewrite 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 um so i don't know that the the writing itself has um changed and i you know i think i'm you know this is a, we, we've got a symphony here i've got you know i've moved into painting and also i've got a play written so it's it's almost like um, songwriting is is what we call the gateway drug, where it allows mm -hmm. the two other things. What do we have coming up for you? Are you working on a new album? Are you taking a little break? Are you just uh, concentrating not, on these I'm shows not, now? What's what are you doing? I'm <clears throat> concentrating on on some shows. I'm uh, headed down to Baton Rouge, and uh, then on into Alabama for some shows back, and then Houston, and then I've got some. Um, some shows, some local shows, and I'm, I'm going to play with um, Keys, Chip Dolan, and, and Jimmy Chartel, and Jimmy's a, a great horn player, and we're putting together like a, a, something that has a little bit of a, um, I'm going to use some obscure pieces of mine, I think we're going to do some, um, you know, some things that have got, that lean a little bit toward uh, Miles Davis or, or, or uh, Chet Baker, you know, so it's like, Oh, really, right, right, right. Like almost spoken word uh, poetry with uh, with really cool keys and a and a and a and a moody moody horn player. So that's in December, but I, I don't know what we'll do with that. That may be like a an EP of, of stuff. Um, then I'm back into Europe. I'm we're, it's I'm I'm with you, and we'll do right uh, the symphony. Which I've got to say, I'm the the thing I'm most excited about, Mark, is the symphony. I, I think that that we're going to go into a space of 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 such beauty. I mean, not not just say the right words or or, or fallen angels dwell, which is no the whole thing, the whole thing, mm -hmm. but the whole thing, and and really yeah. coming back from break, and that 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 thing that lets us sort of ease into the ease into the say the right words, which is, you know, it's almost it's almost like so beautiful, but it's. Um, it's not letting us drift, but it's not letting us, you know, it's not really slapping us around in the face. You know, it's like, and then all of a sudden we're into, well, 
went to a store. She's almost out of high school when she left home, got a job. Mm-hmm. And, then, mm-hmm. and then we have all this beauty. And then we're, we're really kind of off to the races. Because yeah. I think that, 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 glass, that glass finish, you know, where we, we start out with the strings and we do right. sitting on. Right. It's almost like, it's almost, once again, we're into some, really just some, some a steady, this is not Ali's, fighting them you know we've got ali on the on the strings but but it's really it's really joe foreman you know just nothing but just <laughs> hard swings but we've got yeah. Ali really beautiful stuff behind it and then that yeah. put us into the philip glass stuff which is really anxiety stuff and so you come out of where everybody takes a breather and walks back in and instead of coming back with with swinging like joe or ali we're we're, we're just in kind of well, let's just sit for a moment. Let's, and then once again, I think we're off to the race. There was a dry goods store, a flower shop, a barber with no nose, one alcoholic cop, a beauty parlor where they sit in chrome chairs and smell like they burn some poor lady's hair. There were toys in the window of a five and dime. All right, that was Sam Baker uh, talking to me from the Austin, Texas airport. So if the noise was a little loud and there was a lot of interruptions and the sound wasn't great, I apologize. He was calling from his cell phone at the airport. I believe he was catching a flight to New Orleans uh, to do a concert. So we were lucky to have a chance to talk to him. But again, please come to those concerts. I I guarantee that you will think they're great. Um, he's an amazing performer. And that again is January 4 and 5. And at the Wise Performing Arts Center, tickets are at gorgeorchestra.org. Uh, a couple other things Michelle pointed out that we have coming up in January. On the 12th, we have a chamber music concert at Valley Christian Church and Uh, We did that last year. Everyone loved it. It was really well attended. That will be at 2 o'clock on January 12th. And in February, besides the orchestra concert, which, of course, we'll talk about next month, uh, we also have the second annual Community Choir Festival, which features uh, the Voci Choir. It'll feature Canticum. It will feature... Uh, a new female a cappella group that's being formed. And Michelle, maybe next month we can talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's going to have the Valley Christian Church Choir as well. Uh, maybe other, a couple other church choirs or community choirs. It'll be the uh, CJA Youth Choir again. Uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. We're still kind of deciding on the lineup. The big highlight of that concert in February. Um, will be a brand new composition written for us by the Portland area composer Joan um, Simcoe, excuse me, I'm blanking at her name, Joan Simcoe, um, very well-known choral composer, and we've sung a lot of her music before, the choir loves it, and she just happened to have time in her schedule to write something for Voci, and this is going to be another one of our Macmillan Prize-winning uh, compositions. Last year, we commissioned Amy Gordon to write something, so this year we're using those funds to commission Joan Simcoe uh, to write this piece on a text by Wendell Berry, and um, we're really looking forward to that. So right now, let's talk to Brian Litt about Canticum. Thank you. 
All right, gang. Next, I would like to extend a very warm welcome to our next guest, Mr. Brian Litt. Hi, Brian. Welcome. Hi, Michelle. So for those of the audience members who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you hail from, and your background with music? You bet. I've been a member of the Voci Choir since uh, 2017, and um, I'm originally from New York, New York, but I've been an Oregon resident for a long time. I moved to Hood River in 1988, and I've been a musician... Oh, probably since the third or fourth grade when they gave us those little plastic recorders that we used to call flutophones. And then I graduated to the school band and the junior high band and the high school band. And then I switched over from the trumpet, which I played in school, to guitar and vocals. And most of my adult life has been not a trumpeter, but as a guitarist and a singer. Mostly do, like I would say, roots music, Americana, like acoustic blues. Uh, you know, Delta Blues, Ragtime, um, Folk, Country, that, that kind of stuff. So um, getting into Renaissance music is a big directional change for me. So speaking of that, we're going to be talking about our new CGOA group called Canticum today. Did you have any experience with Renaissance music earlier in your life? No, no, I hadn't. Um, uh, what happened to me was in 2016 in the fall, um, you know, I just started, I was just listening to this, that, and the other on YouTube, and um, I saw a piece by one of my favorite composers, uh, Claudio Monteverdi, and it turns out that it was a mass for four voices in very much the Renaissance style, and I absolutely loved it, and I just kept going with my exploration on YouTube, and um, I found out later that Monteverdi is actually a bridge between the Renaissance and Baroque music. Um, and then I started to get going back further and further in history. And the next thing I knew, I was hooked on Renaissance choral music. And I, I just found it to be, um, you know, uniquely enjoyable for me. And it just, it just checked all the right boxes inside me in terms of very mentally stimulating the, the polyphonic counterpoint music I'm uh, very interested in, in European history and languages, and so I'm enjoying listening to, you know, uh, motets and masses in Latin, and then madrigals in Italian, and then, of course, lots of music from England that was in English. Um, so as long as it, as long, as much as mentally stimulating, I also, and this maybe was the thing that drew me to it most, I found it to be emotionally quite soothing and spiritually uplifting. I uh, particularly love the sacred music of the Renaissance. But um, so in 2017, I became a chorister and I joined Voci Choir and absolutely loved it. And actually, the reason that I joined Voci was my wife is a piano teacher. And one of okay. her students, one of her students who's an adult, told her, did you know that Voci is going to be doing some Renaissance music next year? This was in the summer of 17. And then my wife told me and it's like, oh, I got to check that out. And then we saw Mark Steigner at um, an outdoor concert, and he was um, volunteering that day. And I got to talk to him about it and learned that this in the fall, we were, they were going to do uh, a song by Tomas Luis de Victoria, who I was just happening to discover and falling in love with at the time. And Mark then explained that in the spring, um, there was going to be a whole Renaissance program for the Voci Choir. And that was it. I was sold. 
and that's how I got into Bochi to begin with. And so after a very long hiatus of being like a blues musician and playing by ear, I got back into reading music and it was a steep learning curve for me. But the more I do it, you know, the more comfortable it feels. But that's kind of a longish answer to your short question. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was perfect. I love that. Um, Are you considered the founding member of the group? Is it your baby at this point or is it still firmly under Mark's control? Well, Mark is definitely the director of Canticum, and I'll I'll uh, tell you in a second what what Canticum is. But uh, what my role was is I was what I would call the proposer. I don't know if I would use the word founder, but um, I, I certainly was a spark that got it going. I would say um, in the spring of this year, um, towards the end of our Voci season, I told Mark that I wanted to make a proposal to him. Uh, to do Renaissance music and what they would call early music, which is a little bit of a broader category that would include medieval music and some Baroque music as well. And he said, well, send me what you got. And I sent him a proposal in writing to uh, start a small vocal ensemble that would focus on Renaissance music. And um, he wanted to explore that to see what level of interest there was with the Bochi choir singers. And so he put together a, um, a program for auditioning, and he picked a song, which was the Kyrie from The Mass for Four Voices by William Byrd, an amazing English Renaissance composer. And um, we had just enough people submit um, their auditions, and they were successful, and we had met the critical mass to form the group. So the group, Canticum, by the way, that is a Latin word that's probably pronounced canticum, correctly, but we're all say canticum, um, it means the word song. And it is, um, I would say, an early music vocal ensemble. There's 10 singers involved, you being one of them, happy about that. And uh, we also may do some contemporary choral music at some point. Right now, we're focused primarily on Renaissance music. And so that would be roughly from the early 15th century to the early 17th century, about a 200-year period of time. And we started rehearsing in September of this year, and we are the newest addition to the family of musical organizations under the umbrella of CGOA. Perfect. And then shameless plug, I do believe that we are in need of more tenors, if anybody is listening and is very interested at this point. Is that right? (laughs) That's absolutely right. Yes. Uh, Dennis Castanares is doing a fantastic job, but he's our only tenor at this point. So we, he, he does need some tenor support. Uh, we're, we are blessed by having enough uh, altos and sopranos and basses at this point, but we definitely could use another couple of tenors. That would be awesome. Great. So where can everybody hear us perform? We are really excited about what's coming up in December. Um, You know, we're having the Christmas Sings and Swings concerts on the 13th and 15th of December. And that's going to be um, Voci and the the Jazz, um, it's not called Ensemble. Collective? It's the Jazz Collective, thank you. The Jazz Collective and Voci are going to be putting on this concert together. We are preparing three songs to fit somewhere into those those nights. And um, so we're very excited about that. We're going to be doing two madrigals and then a sacred motet. Uh, specifically for Christmas. Perfect. Um, Any other trivia that would be worthwhile putting in the podcast? 
Sure, sure. Um, For people that are interested in music history, I will say that you take the three songs that we're working on, and one thing that's interesting to me is that we're singing three songs in three different languages. So we're doing this Christmas motet by Cristobal de Morales, who was one of the greatest Renaissance composers from Spain. And that's in Latin, of course, because it's a sacred um, Catholic motet. But then we're doing two madrigals, and the madrigal is a secular form of song that came out of Italy in the early 16th century and continued on, and there was a a huge wave of enthusiasm in, in England. And so there was this English madrigal movement that started in the late 16th century and went on into the early 17th century. So we're doing a madrigal from the early madrigal history, the first phase, by a Franco-Flemish composer whose name was Jacques Arcadelt, and it's called Il Bianco e Dolce Cigno, and that means the white and sweet swan. And that um, is an Italian being a madrigal, until we got to the English madrigals later on in the uh, phase madrigals were generally in Italian. And then we're doing an English madrigal by John Wilby uh, that's called Adieu, Sweet Amaryllis. And that was written around 1600. And so that represents the late the late phase of madrigals. So I'm kind of a history geek, so I, I find that interesting. Okay, final question. What is your favorite Christmas song, either Renaissance music or otherwise? Oh, wow, that's a hard question. Um, I'm going to have to say a song by Tomas Luis de Victoria called O Manum Mysterium. And we did it in uh, the fall of 2017, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Actually, the words are... um, they're from the, the Catholic liturgy, and many, many composers did settings of Old Manum Mysterium. Uh, Victoria happens to be my favorite. That's a solid choice, absolutely. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody should come out to see Canticum perform at the December CGUA concerts. Brian, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity. That was Brian Litt, uh, one of the members of Canticum, and you get to hear that group along with Voci and the Jazz Collective. All right, so Michelle, recently I was reading an article uh, about a group called the California Symphony, which is a Bay Area semi-professional orchestra. I think they're actually mostly a professional group. And one of the things that they've tried to do is make going to a classical music performance less stuffy. 
right? So in their program, they have a little placard and it says, you know, okay for cell phones. You can have your cell phones on, but on silent. You can clap whenever you want to. You can bring your drinks into the symphony hall and you can listen to the programs that you're going to hear on a Spotify playlist. Oh, cool. Now, I think that, yeah. Now, I think that last one is really good. And I'm starting to put that Spotify playlist for our concerts on Facebook and on our website. I think that's a great idea. But what do you think about these changes in etiquette for audiences? So you can bring your drinks in the hall. You can clap whenever you want. You can leave your cell phones on. I mean, what do you think? Is that a great idea? Is that a bad idea? Do you think it's going to help bring people in? Does it just make the experience more degraded than it's gotten? What do you think? I can see there's certainly going to be the pro to that of it's making some of this culture a little bit more accessible to people than maybe it was previously. Um, For somebody who maybe has never been to a proper orchestral concert before, they might not know or might be feeling nervous about how to act or when to clap or do anything like that. Or like you said, not being familiar with the music. I feel like coming into shows where you have that appreciation of that symphony before you're there, it just makes that experience so much more rewarding when you hear it played live so beautifully. So everything you said, I think, is great. I can see some of the challenges with that cell phone piece of things kind of getting awry, but you know what, what are you going to do? It's going to be like that, whether you approve it or not. So you might as well be cool with it, I guess. You know, the words just give up. Yeah. Give up. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So I think we need to add some things to that. Bring your own beanbag chairs and, you know, plop them down in the front. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you just wear sweats and a t-shirt. I think that would be good. I mean, you I know, already do. Basically wear your pajamas to the concert. Yeah, yeah totally. I know. Well, I mean, other people, not just you. <laughs> um, you, you know, so I, I, you know, I think we can just take that as far as it can possibly go, right? I feel like they should I all mean, bring so gifts we, for the con- conductor too, right? Like, obviously that needs to be in there. Bring what for the conductor? Gifts for the conductor. Gifts? Gifts, yeah. Gifts. Give you presents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's that kind of goes without saying, but it, that almost never happens. So here's the thing, everyone. We, we Usually every month we do a contest. We're not really doing a contest per se this month, but if you have an opinion, if you're listening to this and you have an opinion about these kind of etiquette changes in concerts, or if you have some ideas about things you can do or we can do to make the concerts more welcoming, um, send your suggestions to info at Gorge Orchestra dot org and uh if we have some responses we'll draw a name and the winner will get a souvenir 40th anniversary cgoa t-shirt which are you know that's a collector's item so you definitely want to get in for that so if you have an idea about how to make concerts more relaxed more welcoming less stuffy uh send them in to info at gorge orchestra org, And if you think these ideas from the California Symphony are great, let us know. And we'll definitely think about adding some of them in. Uh, you know, I've always thought that maybe we should do a concert where everyone live streams it on their phone. That would be really cool, actually. That could be kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how the Wi-Fi could handle it, but, you know, we could definitely try it. Yeah. Uh, or the cell phone service. I don't know how good it is in the Hawaii's theater also i don't think they're uh, down with people bringing food and drink into their theater i was going to mention that too that that was going to be theater specific we've got food yummy food outside after the concert but nah. right i don't think we can tell people to bring it in we, we in fact yeah. we usually slap it out of their hands yes. on the doors right 
yeah. and then eat it for yeah. ourselves. That's right. And people don't know that after the audience leaves, it's every man for themselves with whatever food is left over. Thunderdome. Yep, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Thunderdome. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle. That, I think, is going to do it for our podcast for December. And once again, uh, we have Christmas Sings and Swings on December 13th and 15th at Wais. Tickets at gorgeorchestra.org. And we have Sam Baker, um, a beautiful piece with the symphony on um, January 4th and 5th at the Wais Performing Arts Center. Again, tickets at Gorge Orchestra. Please mark your calendars for that. Make a point of coming. I think it'll be amazing. It's going to be uh, videotaped and I think probably sold as a DVD. So if you're fans of those kind of concerts you see on PBS with uh, singer-songwriters, um, that's kind of the experience we're going to go for. Um, I think people will be really impressed. So again, thank you for listening. Have a happy holiday, and see you next month. Bye-bye. Go in peace. Go in kindness. Go in love. Go in faith Leave the day The day behind us Day is done Go in grace Let us go Into the dark Not afraid Not alone let us hope by some good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Let us hope by some good pleasure safely to arrive at home.